What up, everybody? This is your boy, B-Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Rambles with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. If you're a first-time listener, I'd like to thank you oh so much for giving my show a try. And if anybody recommended you to me, go ahead and lean over and give that person a crisp high five. But if you want to be socially cautious and you're still kind of weary about going skin to skin with a stranger, or somebody that you ain't too, too close with, uh, pick up your social media app of choice and send that person a well-crafted DM telling them thank you for recommending you to me. Speaking of social media, you can find the Random Ramblings with Rob on various social media platforms to include Twitter at 3RShow, Instagram at The3RShow. And for anything that I may have forgotten to mention, you can go to randomrob.com. And don't forget to sponsor Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. Go to hooksrub.com and you can get all manner of flavor and spices to put on all your delicious foods and whatnot. So go to hooksrub.com and use promo code RANDOM for 15% off. Now, we got all the legal business out of the way and whatnot. Joining me to my virtual left, my real life right, I guess, I don't know, is a, a gentleman a young man that has been captivating me and all those who are professional wrestling fans just all over the world. And it is an honor and a privilege to have the one and only Ninja Mac with me this e- morning. Morning. This is the- Good morning, podcast world. How y'all doing today? Y'all ready to make a bet? <laughs> well, first off, uh, once again, thank you for being here. I very much appreciate you taking time away from your rigorous ninja schedule to be here with your boy. <laughs> I feel you. Thank you for having me on Random Ramblings with Rob. And if you haven't, go like, subscribe, and comment and get those views up for him. That's how we make a living, people. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. So I got a couple things. Uh, sure. Th- through, through the magic of internet or whatever, you know, when I'm doing a little bit of research, uh, preparing for this interview, um, I was looking at your page here on Cage Side, uh, CageMatches.com and whatnot, and just looking over your overall history. Um, hey, they just they just updated that for me. They uh, they reached out a couple weeks ago. They said, "Hey, you're all over, and you're not on here. Send us something." So I had to actually sent them some things. So that's all recently new. So if you yeah. haven't, go check out their website and all my matches for GCW. So the start for you, the genesis was around maybe 2014, is that correct? Because we're going to fact check all this shit right now. <laughs> yeah, well, well um, I would say it was about December of 2014, so I would I'd give more credit to 2015. Um, I was getting off a circus tour in Seattle, and um, one of the guys on the tour was an old wrestler, 
And um, he was just kind of running through. I did a lot of amateur wrestling growing up. So he uh, saw I could do a lot of badass flips in the circus. And I was a fighter and a wrestler. And he said, man, pro wrestling would be something something crazy for you to try. And uh, he told me to check out some schools. And just one of, the, one of the great schools was in Houston, Texas, Booker T Reality Wrestling. And uh, I flew in on a sun, a set. I'm sorry. I flew in on a Friday from Seattle. I got in touch with uh, a Scott Bruce, a Kevin Bernhardt, who is Reality Wrestling's producer for the show. And then on Sunday, I got to meet Booker T at his first fantasy camp for Reality Wrestling, which they still do every about three or four months. And if you're an inspired wrestler in Texas, I recommend go to check out Booker T's Reality Wrestling. Great company to start with if you're trying to get in the business. But I joined Booker T's Reality Wrestling Fantasy Camp that Sunday, and I never went back to a circus tour. I've been a wrestler since. So you went through a breath full of things right there. And one of the things that right off the bat caught my ear was circus. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get so, that circus treatment, man. I was that I was that kid. I was that kid uh, leaving high school, did the first year of college, realized college wasn't for me. And um, I, I got that story saying I ran off to the circus. I, I was, and, <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, a, I got that story behind me. I ran off to the circus as a young kid. So, I mean, you do all these fantastic feats and everything, or whatever. So, prior to going to the circus, I mean, what, what, what was your training like? I know you say you did a little bit of amateur wrestling and all this other stuff, but as per cage match, they got you listed in uh, skills in, let's see, gymnastics, Brazilian jiu jitsu, Muay Thai, and uh, ringing and taekwondo. <laughs> Huge, huge martial artist. I mean, I, I've always been a fan of martial arts, fighting. Uh, if I wasn't pro wrestling right now, I'd probably be trying to shoot for MMA and fight a little bit more. Um, definitely, my whole family was amateur wrestlers growing up. Uh, I'm the oldest of seven kids, uh, five boys, two girls. So, you know, when you got a big family, uh, we, we just beating each other up at the house all day. <laughs> and, you know, you just, you know, I'm the oldest, so I got to take advantage now because, you know, by the time I was 13 and they were 10, they were already bigger than me. I ain't that big. So my little brothers were probably my ass by the time I was a teenager. But, um, I mean, I grew up being an amateur wrestler. Um, I did a little bit of gymnastics growing up. You go to those open gyms, you bounce on the trampolines, you throw yourself. But I would, uh, I'd give a lot of my credit just to amateur wrestling because I'd get, I was the, the smart ass kid that tried and go take on the 225 in high school at 135, which I didn't do too bad, but I would still <laughs> get my ass thrown around. And um, eventually you get thrown around enough. I just, I learned how to know where I was upside down. I'd, like a cat, land on my feet, get ready for the next reversal. So, after getting thrown around, just hit the feet, get behind, wrap up the two points, break away, repeat. You got to survive against these monsters. Word. So bring that experience to a reality of wrestling and everything. I mean, did it give you a leg up as far as your training? Oh, yeah. I was, um, I, I, I was, if I remember correctly, I was doing a match within my first month of training for real on their TV series. I know um, they're very fortunate and they eased me in to where my my first time making an appearance, we did a, a bad team, and I got possessed in this group called Legion, which they're still oh, running yeah. at row. So they're, they're running well at row still with uh, Izzy James, I believe. But um, my, my first spot in a reality wrestling show, y'all, y'all saw that 6.30 back in 2015. And um, crazy never kind of went viral back then, but I was also – I wasn't I wasn't a marketable at the time. I was just a young kid, not young kid, but I was just coming in trying to get seen. 
but three or four weeks later, I was running my first match. Word. So I look at the timeline as it's laid out to me and everything. Started around 2014. And then as we move closer to 2017 up into 2019, there's not a lot of activity. I mean, what was happening around that time frame? Life. Um, you know, living with the circus from uh, 19 to t- 24, 25. Uh, I was already traveling. I have a suitcase. I traveled my whole life for a living. Um, with, with Circus Soleil, I did a, a workshop with the Michael Jackson workshop. So I was a little guinea pig. I did a couple jobs here and there. But like uh, like pro wrestling, WWE and Circus Soleil are the big companies. There's many other companies, just just like indie wrestling. There's yeah. I, I can't call it indie circus because SeaWorld's not indie, but there's so many jobs to where I was in Venezuela. I was in Mexico for six months. I was in Belgium. Uh, I did six-week tours everywhere. Um, so I would, I, I was living out of a suitcase for a while, got into wrestling. Um, I love wrestling. I did two years of books, about two years of lucha after books, just because I'm in the Texas scene. And it was really more my style as crazy and as quick as I am. And I, I can match a lot of luchas, and then I could be that gringo down in Mexico and they hated the gringo that could just take off the mask and throw throw people around. So I was a natural heel growing up, which is great. But also, um, life happens. I, I kind of settled. I had a child. Yeah. Um, little. Uh, I, I post videos. Uh, I call him Ninja Leo right now, man. But he, he's learning some wrestlers. And uh, I don't know if Ninja's going to be his favorite for much longer. He just saw Leo Rush, man. And he oh, fell boy. in love with Leo Rush. He's like, Daddy, <laughs> he's got my name and he's a superstar. And I was like, yeah, Leo Rush is a major superstar. Guy's yeah. phenomenal. But, um, yeah, he uh, kid kids two and a half, three, and COVID hit. And we're, we're down in Houston, Texas. After COVID hit, I had a, a couple friends kind of go back to training, Pedro Lowrider and then Jaime Martinez, who are the two owners of Loco Wrestling. Yeah. Um, we, we started training um, three months in, you know, kind of you, you start training, you get that age, and they asked me if I wanted to do their Loco show for a match. So I sure, I, I don't mind. I'll, I'll come in and do a match. It'll be fun. Why not? What do, and then the, the gimmick, what do you want to do? You got to have a gimmick in wrestling now. I said, yeah, well, I'm, I'm a gambler and I'm a ninja outside of wrestling. So why not Why not just bring that to the wrestling world? That's what I'm comfortable with. That's what I feel comfortable with. So now I'm a, now I'm a gambling ninja in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with Loco, we did that, I did that first run-in, popped for 10,000 views, and they're like, whoa, we got to do something else. And then um, I did the second match with re- Wrestling with Unicorns came down. Yes. Uh, when they came down, they saw me and Dante Leon run yeah. that first match at local wrestling and that popped their account so much that they, they went a little viral which i'm happy for i love Martin wrestling with unicorns um i'm glad they're getting out there too uh but it also helped me and dante get out there seeing our views i didn't do social media the, yeah. this whole time um i was just wrestling i just wanted to wrestle um so i was i was very uninterested in instagram uninterested in twitter i really liked just being in the gym and being in the ring um, which now that I see did hurt me on the rise up early just because, you, you know, marketing and now that I'm getting a grasp of everything. But um, once once I did that match at Loco for, with Dante, uh, Noah saw it. They liked it. Um, two months later in March, I did a match with Dragon Bane for Loco Wrestling. And that gave GCW the window to call me and Pro Wrestling Noah. Once they saw that match, and I got I got a call from Noah thirty minutes after that Dragon Bane match, 
And I would say about three hours after that Dragon Bane match, I got a call from Jimmy Lloyd uh, offering to come down to that collective in Tampa the first time I was able to come out to GCW. Man. <laughs> so that's just like almost the, the way you describe it. It was just like, uh, you know, I'm going to come back. And it just phew, took off from there, man. <laughs> yes, yeah, so yeah. It, it literally, I came back. I ran three matches for Loco. Um, the last two really got that buzz, and it, the, the next appearance was GCW Collective. And D, uh, Jimmy, I don't want to get his show name wrong. I, I believe it's a D D Generation F was mm-hmm. that first show at the Collective. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know what a scramble was. I, I was just coming in to do a match. They told me, "Hey, you can get down here. We'll have a spot for you." So I bought my ticket to Tampa. I bought my own round trip. I bought my own my own hotel. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what GCW was previously. I didn't know yeah. anything about death matches until I went to the collective. And when I say like, I, I did that collective. Man, I did the first show. I ended up doing eight shows that weekend after the first yeah. show, which that they they loved me and then, which was great. But after seeing what people do for death matches, man, that that opened my eyes to a whole new world. And then I I saw I saw my first ever Texas death match, like three weeks later, fucking pussies. <laughs> <laughs> they're, not, they're not GCW death matches. From oh, what no. I saw. GCW when uh GCW man, light tubes, hundreds and hundreds of light tubes indoors. I saw this death match in Texas and it was three light tubes, a chair. It's just not the same. I know, I know you probably don't know the, the particulars on it or whatnot, but how much do you think they spend on light tubes per, per show? Oh, uh, that miscellaneous expense, I'm sure, gets a reason why a lot of us aren't getting paid that Cardona money, you know? Yeah, I understand. And like I said, I mean, you you got going from one match here in 2014 to eight and 15, and then you get to 2021, 46 freaking matches, eight of them in July. It's just uh, Ninja Mac has been on and popping. Because you speak about uh, wrestling with unicorns, I believe that's where I discovered you and uh, Dante Leon. Nice, yeah, they, they've helped us out tremendously. They don't get a lot of credit because uh, just because they're, they're they're stories that uh, some promoters are saying they're two guys with cameras. But if they're just two guys with cameras, I hope they make a shirt and sell a million of those bitches because those motherfuckers yeah. are so good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, th- those are the unsung heroes like uh, Brian D. Photography. Uh, mm-hmm. Proctor, uh, the, the unicorn guys. Uh, I mean, Tussamania. I had a I hired a, a photographer myself. Met him through one of these shows randomly. I now bring him to every show I go to every weekend. Guy's phenomenal photographer, video editor. Uh, I believe I don't want to mistake his words, but he's jumping on the Thunder Roses YouTube podcast to film everything for him. So wow. keep your eyes out for Tussamania in the year 2022 word because it's just like i'm looking because i follow a lot of these guys because they do produce a lot of good content or whatever and once again like i said that's how i found you and it's just like as much as you're on the road doing all these different shows they're on the road as well because i can see them at a show posting content and then the next night they're somewhere else doing the same thing you know yeah, they get it out fast. They'll, they'll get that video recorded as soon as that shows them. Man, they're at the hotel working, editing, getting it out, making sure everyone's seen. Uh, Martin and his brother wrestling with the unicorns. Man, they grind just as hard as the wrestlers. And that's that just to show you that the wrestlers we're, we're just 
we're just a small part of a show. Yeah, we're doing the crazy bumps, but but without our camera people, without the producer, without the ring announcers, without the rest, without the ladies walking around, without the people setting up the shows, none of this is possible. And luckily, we get a lot of the credit for the wrestling men. But I, I try and go around and help the camera people. I try and get the people, uh, the the announcers, our Kevin. Um, I mean, all those guys. I just try and be helpful to them because they're always so helpful to us. You know, good, good goes good. So, word. So so far, since you've been doing professional wrestling and everything, what what's probably one of the best pieces of advice that you received so far? Mm, you're alone. <laughs> word. Yeah, yeah. You're alone. Do it. Do it your way. Do it. You find your own way. Don't, don't try and find another path that someone's done it because if you go down that path, you're now number two from what they did. Find wow. your own way. Word. Okay. So when it comes to the design of the mask and everything and deciding to put the mask on or whatever, I mean, what, what went into all that? Oh, uh, so when, when I first came back, I was being in Texas and uh, having some connects. I already wrestled in Mexico a lot. So I was very, uh, I was very, I don't want to say Amsterdam because you got to wrestle a left and American, right and lucha. It's kind of a blurred vision. But once you kind of uh, learn those formulas of right and left and you get comfortable, um, I was doing so many matches. I know I know, I said only eight, but I know they said 46 this year. I just did four this last weekend. I've been, I'm oh, over. Yeah, they ain't even updated that yet. <laughs> yeah, I did a. Last year, I believe they only got the big GCW local shows. Dating every Sunday, I was wrestling two lucha shows. They don't record those small lucha shows with fifty to one hundred people, but I do that because I'm, I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to put everything together, try new ideas, and then I said I, I don't mind grinding in front of fifty people. I enjoy wrestling, mm-hmm. um, but with the with the lucha. I, when I first started out, I didn't have this design. I went with an all black mask. Mm-hmm. I see that. I would, I would run out um, and I would take the mask off because against luchadors, um, there's a respect to, with the mask. So I would take it off and wrestle as an American, just to give them their respect. I'm not a, I'm, I, I would consider myself a luchador, but you know, I'm not, I'm not Mexican or South American to take credit in that. So, but with the mask on against American wrestlers, I would keep it on as an intimidating purpose. So that's how it started, mask on, mask off against Americans and luchadors. But I was wrestling two or three times a weekend, so it was very easy to like, just a switch. And then two, with that first mask, I couldn't breathe. Because <laughs> yeah, it, like it, it looked like it was almost just like a stocking or something. Yep. All black mask, just a little two eye sockets, just wanted something for Ninja. Like I said, I was just I was just testing waters. I was just playing around and enjoying some indie work. And then you know I was doing the gambling gimmick because all my all my promos and then um, all my all my merch were related to gambling. So to get my uh, to get my subscribers up after GCW started my Twitter and Instagram, I'd buy that twenty dollar poker chip case at Walmart. I put yeah. a Ninja Max sticker on it, real cheap. Spent forty dollars, but my first five hundred subscribers on Twitter and Instagram. Was because I handed out a poker chip with my sticker on it, my initials on the back, and I handed out five hundred. I said, "Hey, here's a chip. Go subscribe." And that's how I got my first five hundred subscribers on Instagram and Twitter. Word. Literally one by one by one myself. Word. I, I I used to do that back in the day to where like I had a box of business cards, and those are freaking going by mm-hmm. the wayside as well because now they got like uh 
what's that the blue and all these little joints that you just run your phone over it and it give you all your information and shit yeah keep it all updated for you yeah i I usually just to go to like walmart or some other crazy place and i just take a whole rack of freaking business cards and i'll just plant them strategically all over the place (laughs) yeah you gotta do that work you gotta do the little work you gotta find your way that's the that's what i mean by being alone man because a lot of a lot of the young wrestlers a lot of the wrestlers right now they just show up to shows you know, some people might might help out with the ring, cool. But you know what? I'm there an hour before the ring to help out with the people. Uh, after the ring setup, I'm out by the people before the show. When the show's going on, I'm not sitting in the back. You'll go see me walk around between merch. I'll go sit with fans while the show's going on. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be so interactive throughout the whole show. But um, go, going back to the, the mask, I mean, the idea of having it on and off, eventually the gambling gimmick took over and then um conan um from triple a down in mexico runs a lot with mow and aw right now uh i've been a good friend of his just from my lucha previous and uh he's always had his eyes on me he always loved my skill level but presentation wise you got to be a professional you got to look a professional part and he reached out to me and he helped me out tremendously um he said send me some designs of what you're kind of wanting to do and I will get you in touch with some of the best AAA uh, um, gear makers. And he helped me out. He got me in touch with the best guy. I sent my design over. It got me my gear. I went with the red and the black because it would game when you got roulette. Um, mm-hmm. If you know roulette, you know there's not just two colors on roulette. There's one more, but I'm going to keep that one a secret for now. Just, I haven't pulled that gear out yet for a special occasion. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, I I've, I follow you on Instagram and I bug you about it all the time because you show off your red gear, you show off your black gear, and I'm waiting for the all-white gear, man. <laughs> so the, the all-white gear, um, that, that'll that make an appearance before my green. So if you ever watch Roulette, they got those little zeros and the double zeros. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's my secret gear I had. Um, I actually I made that gear knowing I was ready to go to Noah, my green gear. And then with COVID pushing everything back, man, I put that gear in the back of my closet. And I have not let anyone see that green gear. Uh, the white gear, I would love to make. I'm only going to make that white gear if I end up choosing to do a death match. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. that would be fitting for it, right? <laughs> yep, it's got to be It's got to be for a death match. Um, the funny story with death matches and Brent Lauderdale, when I first met him at The Collective, that was one of his first questions. Hey, you do death matches. And like I said, I didn't know what a death match was at the time. So I was like, no, I'm not going to fucking die in a match. What do you mean, death match? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, no. He's like, yeah, well, you know, they, they just they, it's a little more hardcore extreme. They do light tubes. I was like, no, no, you, you want Ninja for a death match. I want $10,000. And he laughed and looked at me so seriously. I was like, hey, you know what? If I'm not worth it right now, give me time. I guarantee you one day I will be worth that $10,000 price in a death match. And I know it sounds unrealistic, but you know what? If the market's right and you can pull your cards right, I think it's possible. Hey, man, you always got to bet on yourself, right? Hey, big bets. I ain't doing little bets. We're doing big bets now. Hell yeah. So, I mean, after the Hammerstein show for GCW, can you tell me from your perspective what the atmosphere was like that night? Oh, man. I mean, just crowd alone. If, if you see some of those clips, um, actually, I just saw on YouTube, they posted a cinematic clip of the Hammerstein show. Uh, and it was just, I believe it's just one of the one of the video people that were there. And I said they gave a very good cinematic taste to it. 
but it was the first couple of times I was able to see a couple of views of not just the wrestlers, but you could see the whole like stage. You could see the four or five columns going up of people in the stands and to actually see, um, to see the amount of people there compared to just on the floor, you see them second floor, third floor, mm-hmm. fourth floor, fifth floor on the stage, that wave of people, man, that, that's why we do it. And then, um, I mean, just being in that big of an environment for a lot of us, it, it's very humbling. But you, you got big superstars there that are used to selling out 20,000 people venues. So it's you can't mark out a little because you're there to do a job. But I'm going around and taking a couple pictures off to the side. It, it's nice. It's good. But it's it's not my end goal. I've performed in front of 20,000 people before. So 2,000, 2,500 people, like it, it's great. But it, it's not what I've done yet. So it's not where I'm trying to finish. Word, word. So um, I know you spoke with uh, spoke about training with uh, Booker T down at Reality of Wrestling and all those other things. Is there anybody else that you had the opportunity to train with that you attributed a lot of your success to? Mm-hmm. Lowrider, uh, Pedro Ortega down in Houston with Loco. Um, like I said, I, I trained a lot with Booker T getting started and that, that crew. So, I mean, you know, Booker's there with WWE training. Man, he walks in, everyone, everything stops, eyes. It, it's really good to see what a WWE superstar presence is like and true, true super. Like he's, a, to me, one of the top five, top five, but also five-star superstars, man. That, that's a name that's going to be around forever, and he's always been there for me. Um, I, would, I would give a lot of credit this last year. Someone that's consistently been there for me on the phone, I've gone out a couple of times, um, he probably doesn't like me mention his name, Loki. Um, pretty, pretty vicious guy and aggressive guy. If you're on his bad side, but you know, oh, yeah. if, if you don't fuck around and you're pretty straight serious with what you're doing, um, I don't know if he's taking a liking to me, but he's he's been there to answer my calls, answer my questions and my messages. So just as last year, that's been a very good uh, person I've been able to go back to each time. Um, just um, a lot of the training, and like I said, just from Booker T school, I didn't I didn't do a lot of indie independent work. I was they do a lot of TV kind of gear you up for NXT. So yeah. a lot of my wrestling, I only did TV work, and then I only did lucha. So even even coming back this year, I was not ready for I wasn't ready at first for this indie stuff. It's a whole different formula. It's a whole different monster, and I'm still getting a grasp of it. Um, another person I'd like to, I would say, who's always been there right now this year too, is Joey Janela. Um, not only did Jimmy reach out, but I believe Joey was the one that said, Hey, find a way to get this guy. And anytime I've had a message, anytime I've had a call or anytime I pull him to the side, uh, Joey Janela has been there for me. He's answering my questions or any requests I've had, or if I should do this, or if I should do that, he's given me ideas. So this last year, Joey Janelle has been there a lot for me, and then Loki's been there a lot for me, and they're two guys that I've come to really respect, and I appreciate their time. Word. So, you know, getting used to the indie style of professional wrestling and everything like you were just talking about, um, I've heard from a a couple of people at uh, New Texas Pro Wrestling down here in Houston. You know, I, I go out and help out with some of their shows and everything, and I didn't have the... Um, privilege of seeing you live there yet but just talking to some of the guys after you were on that show with them they're just like a lot of the things that come across in the ring was just like 
not really playing. You're just like, I'll figure it out when I get in there, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't uh, – I'm not a there, – there's some wrestlers that like to coordinate that whole match beforehand. And, you know, to me as a fighter, I just I, – I, I like the – I like the moment of interaction of who, what, what's going to happen, because that that little, that little gust of wind of you don't know what's going to happen. I think that gives an element to the fans and to the wrestlers. How good are you to react? How good are you to improv? Um, and then too, um, I I went back to college. I got my associates. Um, so I'm I'm not fairly dumb. I'm pretty smart. I mean, I, I've ran a couple of businesses and managed some stuff, but and, and I don't. Yeah, I meet these guys for the first time every weekend, and you got 15, 20 minutes. You know, hey, what do you like to do? Cool, cool, cool. I like this, cool. But also, I'm not gonna remember any of that shit. <laughs> I, I don't know what I don't know what a swing and satellite pop up DDT is. Like I was Booker T taught me. The very basic face bump, back bump, flip bump. So when these when these young kids are, hey, we're gonna do a pop up spinning satellite DDT to a poison rana as he's coming over to Phoenix six thirty, and I'm just like, do I do I take a back bump or do I take a face bump or <laughs> or you know I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I try and keep Ninja. I think I think another reason Ninja is getting a little more successful right now too is. Um, I do ninja chops, ninja kicks, and ninja belly flops. Mm-hmm. And that's my offense. Like I, I, I chop, I kick, I do a foot to my belly. I, I can call my offense. I can do everything in the ring. And honestly, you don't even got to know what's coming. You, you can feel it. You can see it. There, there's emotions like dancing, man. You got you to gotta follow some emotions sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I just... I'm trying to get better with some of these crazy terms and new moves, but everyone wants to have a new move. Everyone wants to do the new slam. Everyone wants to do the new flip. I'm, I really like to just go out there and I want to be in front of the crowd for 20 minutes. And then the other, the other thing in my head is sometimes how do you, how do you know what the crowd likes? Yeah. Uh, until you're out there, like I don't know what the crowd's going to like. What, why am I going to do a Phoenix 6:30 if they don't like this flippy shit? They want to see some. They want to see some blood. They want to see us hit each other in the face. I want. I want. That, I want to please the crowd. I don't care to please me or the wrestler. I'm not there for them. I'm not paying myself, and that wrestler's not paying me. Yeah. So n- notable offense by you or whatever. We got the uh, freaking the super. Uh, I, Forgive me if I get the names wrong, but we got like the Super Sasuke special, the freaking moonsault after moonsault after moonsault after moonsault after moonsault. Give that I give that credit to Joey Janela. Uh, going to the collective, I just you know I met the guy and he's like, "Hey, dude, you're pretty badass. I see your authority. Could you do this?" I was like, "What the fuck's Sasuke? Is that from is that from Naruto? Like Sasuke the Ochiya? I know ninjas, but I don't know what no Sasuke movies. Yeah, you just do the cartwheel backflip over the ropes. I was like, yeah, I could do that. He's like, hey, could you go like flippy, flippy backflip? I was like, yeah, no problem. What do you need, Joey? You know, and that was a, that was a, I did that, that spot for the, the degeneration of for Jimmy show. And yeah. that was the clip that got that 15,000 views in like 10 minutes, you know, going back to Joey. Thank you, Joey, because I'm kind of molding that myself. And even this last weekend on Jay Lethal and Action Andrade, I didn't just do. I did like a. I did like a super supreme Sasuke on steroids special. Where <laughs> if you get a chance, I just post it on YouTube. It was a me versus Jay Lethal versus Action Andrade, okay. and um, man, it was just. I'm gonna try to 
bookmark that now because I, I seen you do it one time to where it was just like it, it seemed like you was never going to stop. <laughs> yeah, no, I've done, I've done some wild shit. Um, I have been not not to say holding back, but I've been I've been gearing up for Noah, so I've been trying to keep myself very limited to not show a lot of my new and big stuff yet. Yeah, I got to save so some things. I got some stuff, but also in my head, if if you think of Ninja Mac coming back this year. It was local wrestling. It was GCW. It was AAA. Noah called. Uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling called. That's that they're putting on shows with big stars every other weekend. And I've done a couple of small shows, but the the base of Ninja Mac is the hottest Texas promotion, local wrestling, the mm-hmm. biggest indie promotion in the world, GCW right now. I worked again with AAA this year, and I've been waiting to get over to Japan for Noah. And that is my floor. For yeah. Ninja right now, and then that's a pretty damn good floor. I keep getting told about, so I'm I'm starting to see it. And uh, people always say, "Hey, oh, AAA and GCW and Noah are a lot of a lot of ceilings for a lot of people." And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hope they can get past that and grow and get into those. But those are my floors right now. So we're going to see where the ceiling takes us, and how far we can go. Right. And to go back to the the super duper Sasuke special, or whatever. I mean, there was a clip that you posted not too long ago, or whatever. When uh, when things go wrong sometimes, you know? Oh, yeah. No, so, yeah. You know, I got a Mick Foley. I'm putting that one on you. <laughs> um, I'm putting that one on you. So uh, I want to say, I don't want to get the date wrong. We're in Atlantic City. Um, Mick Foley's there. Uh, I finally get to meet Foley. Huge legend. Guy I watched growing up forever. Got up my picture with him, and he, he put his hand around me for that picture and touched me. The very next weekend at the show, I go to do that Sasuke man, and I get locked up in the robes and choking and killing myself against the next thing I know against Drago. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm dying. And then you know, I break a little kayfabe, and the rest got to save me. But yeah, I'm hung up on the ropes, choking myself. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and like I said, it's, I, I've hit that thing. I, could hit, I hit that thing since then, no problem. But I guarantee you, McFuller, whatever you did that day, and then the next time I pulled that, I I choked in those ropes, man, and I, I struggled for a good ten seconds. And saw a couple flashes. So I mean, that that's going to be the litmus. We're going to see if that's going to be the correlation because you know Macadona just recently uh, with that match, he had the flannel on that said "fuck Mick Foley" and whatnot. So I mean, if they get in the vicinity of each other, we'll see where. Uh, <laughs> how we'll Macadona see. Hey, hey, I'm not. I'm, you know, Matt Cardona's been fucking around with some of the GCW people. You know, pissing pissing that roster off and kind of doing his thing, but a little, little connection that people know about. Ninja Mac was born in Long Island, too. So uh, if he's the Long Island story, it might have to add to that story one day. Matt Cardona, whenever you're ready, you want to make a bet? Word. Word. I, I would be down to see that. And he, I mean, he's doing pretty good. He's doing oh yeah, well, well over the expectations that I thought he would be doing when he uh, left the, the other company and everything. Hey, but that, that just goes back to being alone again. Do it yourself. Find your own way. Look, the guy was, the guy was at WWE. He was getting, he was going to be one of the next top guys and some things just happened. He comes back and instead of going home and being butthurt and doing other things, he grinds, he gets his podcast out, he gets his views up and he's back on the scene, making more changes, relearning, regrowing. That's what we all got to do. We should learn from that. But, Still just an asshole. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. So, like, 
I know you got all this professional wrestling that you're getting into. You're still trying to find, you know, your way and just kind of hone a lot of things and whatnot. What is it like for Ninja Mac when he is not in the wrestling ring? Uh, dad. I'm um, dad ninja. I mean, we, me and my kid, uh, let me see if I don't want to mess up my camera too much, but I am in my living room. I look at my wall right there. You see my bow staffs. So if I, if I keep circling, see our little training dummy, you know, see if I can get out the picture for y'all real quick. We got a little training dummy. I got my weapons. That TV is not for TV. That's to watch wrestling and train fighting. Circling around. Uh, I mean, we got world champions. Let me see this. I got world champ title on the wall up there for Taekwondo. Uh, just shout out to my, my beautiful half. She is a 10-time world champion for ATA Taekwondo, and she's the real ninja. So y'all watch out when that ninja family gets started. And then uh, just give you a little peek in my living room. My whole living room is a gym of fighting. So just give a little insight to the ninja house. But no, yeah, if I'm not in the ring, I'm training in the living room. If I'm not training in the living room, like I said, right after this, I'm going back to the ring. I'm in the ring about six hours a day if I'm not lifting or working out. Word. But I'm also, like I said, I got a, I got a good snowball effect right now, and I'm, I'm really trying to grind and push. Uh, GCW has been very, uh, very blessing of me to where with Noah, it was, I was ready to leave December 7th. It got cut off December 4th. And I was like, oh, well, GCW, just, hey, come back on tour with us. You're here every two weeks until you leave. So um, I've had a very good GCW crutch, Brett Lauderdale. I really do appreciate everything you've done for me. Um, Jimmy Lloyd, just for that message, and obviously Joey, man. So all three of those guys. Anytime I start this Ninja Max story, it'll start with Loco, and I'll start with that Jimmy Jimmy Lloyd call. Word, word. So I'm going to say some names or whatever. And you just give me your honest thoughts and opinions of them. So I'm gonna go down. I got I'm, I got five of them for you. Yeah, come on, throw them at me. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble because I'm pretty honest. I don't hold that. <laughs> Mysterious Q. Love them. I just I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I don't know when I was gone for the three years. To me, he was one of the couple I thought was going to be at NXT. And I thought he was going to take off and be a big mega star. But like I said, I was gone for three years. I don't know what happened. I don't know the insights. Guy's phenomenal. He's got the look. He's got every fucking skill. Um, I just, I don't know why he's not at NXT or a big viral everywhere. Okay. Dante Leon. Asshole. (laughs) I love him. I love him. Good rap. You know what? Um, we we just had a killer tag match, and I was telling Brett, you know, I'm not a tag wrestler. I didn't leave the circus to come back and be in tag matches. I left the circus to come back and be in a match, and me and him have been killing it all year. Uh, funny shout-out moment, January 23rd, 2021 was our match for Loco. January 23rd, 2022, me and him were at Hammerstein Ballroom. So in one year of us meeting each other, doing matches, at 300 exactly one year. We're doing a match at Hammerstein Ballroom. So I say asshole, man, but without that man, uh, Ninja Mac probably is not here. So I love you, Dante. Thank you. Uh, but I am still going to fucking kick you hard, even though we're winning tag matches. So look out. <laughs> Brian Cage. Um, guy's such a fucking powerhouse. Um, so strong. He's a. Uh, he. Man, he, he's. 
strong. He's he's got everything. Um, megastar, like really megastar. He's, he needs that one thing that really clicks that pushes him to that next star level. But the guy's like inhuman strong. When I met him and worked with him, he tossed my ass around. So, but I do I do want revenge on that match for sure because he whooped my ass that match. Okay, Gringo Loco. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, guy's beautiful. Basic God, he's there to catch everyone. He's there to do his job, and uh, I, I'm I'm glad he's going to get this good push coming his way. And what he did with Cycle Clown showed you this last weekend in Dallas that he's not just a little base lucha guy that helps the other guys flip around. That man put his heart and soul into that match and gave those people everything. So y'all watch out for Gringo, and you go tune into his collective show coming up. Mm -hmm. And the last name I got, and I, you talked a little bit about him earlier or whatever, but uh, Loki. Vicious. Vicious. Uh, very clear cut. Get get exactly where you need to. Um, no bullshit. Don't fuck around. Don't waste time. Let's get our job in. Get out. Uh, very very good person to be around, but also, like I say, you got to be you got to be very careful. Be very careful around that man. You, you step on the wrong toe, and he'll end you. Word. So, I mean, man, it's been great to sit here and talk with you, you know, sit under the learning tree that is Ninja Mac and everything. And I wholeheartedly look forward to everything that you got coming up and going on and whatnot. Um, before we leave, let everybody know where they can find you on social media and everything that you got coming up. Hey, you can always check out Ninja Mac on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Those are the easiest things. Go subscribe. Go like, comment, share. That's how we kind of we get a little feedback. It kind of pushes the wrestlers when y'all like and comment because we like that. Subscribing is how we make a business and we grow. So please go subscribe. Um, this next weekend, I'm taking this next weekend off. Uh, I'm really just, I got things I got to work on. I'm really trying to clean up my body for TV. Uh, but the next weekend, you can check me out in Los Angeles. My first match, Mike Speedball Bailey. I think that is going to be a teardown killer match. Oh, yes, and honestly, I keep, I keep telling Brett, don't, don't fuck around. Put his main event. Don't, don't <laughs> put it in the middle of the car. You know, you know we're going to fucking kill it. And I don't want no 15, 10 minutes. I want a fucking hour-long Ironman with Mike Speedball Bailey. But I'll see what they let me do. So we got that next Friday, uh, Saturday, another second show for – I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. There's two shows in Los Angeles. I don't know if it's Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday. I just know I got speedball the first show. I don't know who my opponent is the second show. So that you can check Ninja Mac out for GCW, and you can always order that on Fight TV. And then you can also check out Ninja Mac in Atlantic City and Atlanta coming up with GCW. Or if you can, go watch Pro Wrestling Noah's app. I'll be at Noah late April. Word. So as always, you've been a guest of the Random Rambles with Rob, so the door is always open for you to come back to promote your next big thing or just to come to shoot the shit. Hey, I appreciate you. If y'all haven't done it, go subscribe to Random Ramblings with Rob. And if you haven't, go to this website and buy all his merch and all his stuff. Get that yeah. man some money. Pretty please. Pretty please with sprinkles. <laughs> hey, big bets. I appreciate you, Rob. You have a wonderful day. All right. You too.